0: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender.
1: Hey, one welcome. Welcome to the show. We're going to have a great show today, and we're going to have a longtime friend of mine on the show who's been a disability advocate for some time. First, I have to send out a special shout out to my friend Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, love you, love you. And Yoshiko is keeping the spirit of her husband who passed away several years ago, a person we all know in the disability community, Justin Dart. Working with young people with disabilities, being a mentor, just. A great person. So, wanted to send out that shout out. And a special thanks to Highmark, uh, AudioEye, and Cavestro for sponsoring this show. Highmark is the lead sponsor for the entire year. Um, and their CEO, David Holmberg, is just so committed to everything that we're doing. So, thank you. Thank you so much, all of you. Couldn't do it without you. So today, we are going to talk about a disability, Parkinson's, and the impact it has on someone's life, um, which can be very substantial. I want to start though with my dear friend, John Williams. John, hello, and long time no talk. But what made you what made you become an advocate? for Parkinson's disease and really the entire disability community at large.
2: Well, Joyce, I'm going to give you a brief history, okay? I actually started to advocate for my own rights when I was a young man in my teens, and I started and um, back in the 1950s and 60s, <clears throat> there were quite a lot of, superstitions associated with why people stuttered. And I encountered them all. I encountered their rejection. I encountered the being laughed at. Then
3: I got into college. My second semester as a junior in college, I
2: started taking job interviews. Um, I, I should tell you that um, I wrote for my hometown n- newspaper at that time, I did a weekly column on the activities of King's College and Wilkes College. the two, the two colleges in Westbury at the time. And as a junior, when I was taking uh, uh, interviews, people told me face-to-face, Mr. Williams, you have the ability, but you stutter. So... The interview will not go beyond this. And it happened to me a lot. And um, the more I heard about, the more people said that to me, Joyce, the stronger became my resolve to show them that they're wrong, and I have. And then in 1978, a mutual friend of ours, Frank Bow, hired me to be his director of communications. And at that time, I saw the the extent of uh, a whole lot of problems that people with disabilities face. Five years ago, I was diagnosed as having Parkinson's disease, and Parkinson's is unlike anything I've ever faced in my life. Um, uh, It's very painful, very frustrating, Uh, there are all kinds of symptoms. associated with Parkinson's, and I decided five years ago that I was going to use whatever writing talents I had to tell people, God darn, this is Parkinson's, these are the challenges, and I, I truly believe there's not enough being done in the research area to combat Parkinson's.
1: Wow. Let, let me ask you because that whole story is horrible. My question is, when when did this when did this start? You know the story you were telling about people coming right out telling you that they right. would not hire you. How right. how long ago was that?
2: Well, that's probably I'm seventy one, so it's probably. 40 years ago was probably the last last time I heard that. Uh, Okay, but uh, I've known people uh, younger than me who are still hearing that. Joyce? Yeah. Uh, And I mean, every day. Okay? And that's why people with disabilities in this country need a strong federal government who will protect their rights. And the, the federal government formed a partnership with people with disabilities, with African Americans, and it said, we are passing these laws to eradicate all the problems that you, you face, especially in just getting a job.
1: Yeah, and you know, if you're listening to this show, don't think this is like the '40s or '50s. I oh, mean, no. yes, it, yes, it's before the ADA. However, however, sadly, this continues today in different sectors. That's why seventy percent of people with disabilities are not even counted in the workforce. So, right. you know, I so much appreciate. Uh, what, you, what you do, John, because um, I think it is so important. And now here you are making another difference. So, uh, Kevin, Kevin yeah. Lind, how are you? I'm good,
4: thank you. How are you? It's a pleasure
1: to be here. I'm fine. Um, Kevin, you work in this area. How did you get started? How did you get started working with therapy, physical therapy for people with Parkinson's?
4: I think it was, um, I started working in a hospital outpatient setting where I did see a lot of Parkinson's patients. Um, But then really when I opened up my own practice and had my own clinic, um, it just allowed me to work a little more closely with people as I was, um, you know, working one-on-one and I like to spend a whole hour with my patients. And I just feel that with Parkinson's, it's not the kind of, Injury or disease, where you can just send somebody off to do some exercises. It's uh, you really have to spend time with them. You have to understand them. You have to, you uh, you know listen to all their concerns and address these concerns. The only way you can do that is really by being close to them. Um, of course, Parkinson's is just a one one of the pathologies that I do treat, um, but I just. I found that I have a kind of special interest in it because I've really seen some really nice patients that have a tough time with it. And seeing them manage the condition and not get too frustrated and you know, improve their level of activity, I guess it's just pretty special.
1: Wow. You know what? I want to commend you for the one thing you said about spending an hour with people because it's terrible when you go in and the person spends a short time with you and just says, do this, this, and this, and go over and use you know this equipment. Uh, it's so different when someone does what you said that you're doing. It really, it really is, and it really does make a, make a big difference. Now, do you see the advantages from that? I mean, do you see changes in the person from doing that?
4: Absolutely. And I think the, uh, you know, firstly, they feel like they've been taken care of, which is really important. It also allows me to, you know, deliver the proper care and really the, the things that I've been trained to do. If we do not give ourselves enough time and enough time to the patients, then you won't be able to, to deliver what you, what you can and I think the, uh, the changes are incredible. Um, it also allows me to keep a much better eye on each individual and make sure that they're doing things correctly. And you know, if, if something is gonna be detrimental, then you need to be able to correct it immediately. And I think that's where you see the, uh, the success is that um, making sure that each treatment plan is uh, individualized and
2: you know, that's, um, that's how we're going to see progress. And Kevin, oh. yes. This is, this is John. Uh, Kevin has been working with me for about three and a half years. When I first came to him, I was a wreck. I had problems with my left wrist. I couldn't move that. I had problems with my, with my balance and a number of... Other things, Kevin took me, he sat down with me, he went over all my challenges, and then he developed a program with a time frame, and when I reached that, that time frame, if I had mastered what he had set up as goal, well, then he moved on to just something else. And that's very important for somebody who has, Parkinson's, work with your physical therapist, treat them like you would your, the doctor, and it's going to pay off.
1: Yeah. That is awesome. So, let me ask you uh, this question. John, why, I mean, many people have these disabilities, but why did you choose to be an advocate for Parkinson's? Because, Joyce, I think there's there just
2: isn't enough being um, done in the field. I think doctors have to do a better job educating their, their patients on Parkinson's. I think there were... What what stings me, Joyce, is when, when people learn that Parkinson's almost to a... Person, 99% of the time they say, Oh, I feel sorry for you. Oh, your future is bleak. You know, <laughs> I mean, they it's, they've just the negative, and it's, it's always the worst. You know? Yeah, and,
1: that's called pity. And as we know, that's terrible for people with disabilities.
2: Right. Right. And so, you know, when in, in working with Parkinson's, you have to have a positive attitude all the time.
1: Well, you, you know have... what? I want to talk about that more when right. we come back from break. But right, right now we're going to break. We're talking to John Williams and Kevin Lind. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
3: For those in leadership positions with corporations, governments, nonprofits, and educational institutions, please pay attention. Are you aware that 10 to 15% of your potential clients are unable to use your websites properly? At AudioEye, an advanced technology has been created that eliminates accessibility issues and levels the playing field for all. Make the internet a meaningful resource for millions of more people. Go to audioeye.com. More accessible, more usable, more people. Call on AudioEye today. Visit AudioEye.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies and federal government agencies. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
1: Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to uh, Kevin Lindy and John Williams, a close friend of mine, about Parkinson's disease and advocacy. And, John, before we went to break, when you were talking about a positive attitude, a question that I have for you, and Kevin, actually, is do you see a lot of people – develop, like, emotional issues and or depression from this?
4: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Parkinson's is certainly a very difficult disease to deal with um, because, you know, you develop uh, pain in your muscles and your joints. Your function is uh, slowly deteriorating. Um, So there's certainly a lot of factors that can be quite frustrating, and, yes, it, it definitely does. Um, affect people psychologically, and I think, you know, that's one thing that I have to be very aware of when I'm working with people, and it's, it's tough, but you have to keep, keep them, you know, positive. Um, the other advantage is that exercise is extremely helpful when it comes to the uh, psychology and management of Parkinson's. It makes people feel better. It certainly releases endorphins, et cetera, et cetera, but... At the same time, when we're performing exercises and activities in the clinic, I, I want people to – I don't want them to fail. I want them to feel that they're able to do certain things that they could not do or they're afraid to do. And this, uh, you know, instills a lot of positive energy
2: into them.
1: And, John, have you seen that? What, how would you respond to that?
2: Oh, uh, um it is important, uh, George, first of all, I have met a lot of people with Parkinson's in the last, I guess, two or three years. And many of them do have a sour... family, um, and um, I also get a lot of support from my family,
1: okay? Right. That's wonderful. You know what? I cannot emphasize, I know, just from working with other uh, medical professionals, it is amazing the impact of positive thinking and attitude, and as Kevin said, of course, exercising, but it is Amazing the impact that has on someone's well being and, and and improving in their health. When you say that, Kevin,
4: absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's like a it's a cycle basically. If you're positive, you can get out and exercise. When you exercise, it makes you feel better, and I think that's that's something that we have to try and change with Parkinson's because as people deteriorate, and, and this is proven that. Um, it's more difficult for them to get out and exercise, for them to be active and just to continue, you know, participating in activities that they enjoy. And because they can't do that, they become more depressed. And then this is just this vicious cycle that that continues. And we have to try and break that. And I think physical therapy, um, you know, not only just making it, it's not just exercise, exercise, but I think we look at a lot of functional aspects uh, and, and activities of daily living that we need to improve. But at the same time, you know, make it fun, make it interesting so that you can kind of pull them out of that uh, uh, negative, vicious
2: cycle that's, um, that's getting them down. Joyce? Yeah. <clears throat> yes? I exercise every day, every day, uh, from a minimum of 45 minutes to sometimes 75. I walk, I do... And leg exercises, muscle exercises, I ride an exercise bike, um, uh, and when, when, I can, when I can swim, I swim. Uh, again, uh, what's always in my mind is keep those muscles moving, okay? And you can only do that if you exercise.
1: right. That's right, and that's good advice, by the way, for anyone listening to the show right now, living with Parkinson's or a family or friend uh, living with Parkinson's. You're hearing it. You're hearing it. And by the way, this show is archived at voiceamerica.com, and it's archived at benderconsult.com. You can hear any of the old shows, and you can get that show for someone else. You know what? You can download it from Apple. So make sure you tell everyone about this show because, Kevin, my question for you is when you first meet someone that has been newly diagnosed, how do the majority of people react?
4: Um, Well, I think certainly a lot of people are, uh, you know, pretty stunned by the diagnosis. Um, some of them accept it fairly well because initially it's they don't they don't feel terrible initially. So they and that's the problem with Parkinson's is it's a slow decline and a progressive uh, disease. So they have a you know at first there's more of a positive attitude. So they they are and I think leading them in the right direction as early as possible is going to have a much better outcome. So someone that is diagnosed with Parkinson's that does not get the necessary um, or appropriate care that they need, uh, might deteriorate a lot quicker. You've got to get them in the system faster, and you've got to keep them working. Um, so in the beginning, it's, it's not always terrible, but you, you have to get them as early as possible.
2: <laughs>
1: How about you, John? What was your initial reaction?
2: Oh, gee, I cried. You I cried. Was, I was told by my doctor at that time um, that I had it. And uh, I, I, I sat in her office, and I said to her, uh, are, you, are you finished? And she, she said, Yes. She said, Do I have any questions? And I said, Not at this moment. I got up, I said, I will see you in 90 days or something like that. I got up, went out, got my car, and I just cried because all I could see in front of me was um, a life of hell. It, it's been tough, but it hasn't been a life of hell. And, and then let me also tell you, Kevin and I started working together for... About two and a half years ago, and he has been as good to me and has has given me as good advice as my the doctors have. Okay.
1: Uh, so is that's what helped you? I'm thinking it was probably Kevin. And according to you, your wife is that what got you back on track?
4: Yeah, I think. Um, you know, as far as uh, support goes, um, you know, John's—he's a good example of having a good team around, and I think that's really what's kept him, kept him positive, and uh, you know, helped him manage um, Parkinson's the best he can.
2: Yeah, just, Joey, let me tell you, Parkinson's is a painful disease, and I mean painful. And I have, besides having Parkinson's, I have these sciatica and when the two combine when the sciatica attacks my back and the muscles that go on my back and into my legs and the Parkinson's attacks my jaw my hands uh, and uh, other parts of my body and this is something that can take hours you know and you just have to stay in there and
1: fight. So, nine. I'm assuming there's medication for this.
2: Yes, yes. Um, I, take, <laughs> I take 27 tablets a day. 27.
1: Uh, wow. Yes. Seven. Why is that? Well, first, wait, let's back up. Two things. Number one, I want to say, what a perfect time to have this show because April is Parkinson's Awareness Month, so like this could not be better to have you on the show today, Kevin. Now that I think about it, for our listeners nationally and then around the world, would could you explain what Parkinson's is? I apologize, I didn't ask you that earlier.
4: Um, no, that's okay. Um, yeah, well, the uh, basically it's, it's an issue with dopamine in the in the brain, and you know, the body, we just lose a lot of um, control like over the muscles, etc. and it's the, the neurological control of the body that gets affected. Um, and it, people, will, there'll be some um, certainly different, um, you know, symptoms in each individual. Some people have tremors. Um, other people have, you know, a, a lot of difficulty with the walking, with the shuffling. So it just all depends how that's um, area of the brain is actually affected, and that will determine, um, you know, the symptoms. That's why taking the uh, um, medication that affects the dopamine will help Parkinson's, and that's usually what people are on. Um, the problem is also with the the
2: pain in the muscles is also due to the um, lack of control
4: over those muscles by the central nervous system, which is really what controls our movements, etc. The, uh, the muscles without any central nervous system input actually become a lot more contracted and a lot more tense. And that's that's why we see these issues of, uh, you know, pain and discomfort because of that muscle spasm or that tension. And so
2: yeah. it's
4: definitely due to uh, dopamine
2: control in the central nervous system in the brain. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it's very important when somebody has parkinson's that they get the right doctor i've been lucky because i have gotten the right doctor twice but i know people with parkinson's who've gone to four five six doctors and they keep changing them because they don't get they're not getting their results or the information that they find, uh, uh, the, or the information that they're not willing to accept. <coughs> okay, so, so you have to, you have to find a very good neurologist, somebody who will spend the time with you, and uh, the doctor that. The doctors that I have spend the time with me, one, because I think they want to, and two, because I ain't going to leave their office without getting answers to my questions. Wow.
1: Well, let me just tell you, I'm going to talk about that when I come back, but that is great advice. If you just joined us, we're talking to John Williams and Kevin Lindy about Parkinson's advocacy and impact on lives. This is Choice Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with John and Kevin.
0: News, opinion, <inaudibleiffeasy> uh, uh, your voice Heardly. counts. Call toll free 1-866-472-5787, 1-866-472-5787, voiceamerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes.
3: high test line of service for more information please visit www.benderconsult.com
0: the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com
3: if you have a question or comment call in toll free at 1-866-472-5788 now please welcome back the host of disability matters here's joy spender
1: Hey, welcome back. I hope everyone is having a great day. And thank you again for all of you listeners that follow the show. You're making a difference. You're having an impact. That's our theme this year at Bender Consulting Services, impact. And we can't impact the lives of people with disabilities and the people that should be hiring people with disabilities. Without you, so please spread the news about the radio show. This is the 15th year, believe it or not, 15, which is amazing when you think about it. John, before we went to break, you were talking about the medication that you take, and Kevin was talking about the dopamine and the impact. Like, Why do you take so much medicine? Um,
2: some of it is for pain. Some is for muscle relaxation, some is to help me deal with hallucinations, which I have uh, almost every day. Um, um, Some is for, um, um, some is for a, a urinary problem that people with, Parkinson's, yet. So there are you know, the odd thing about Parkinson's is that it it can affect every part of your body, you know. And like I have five doctors that I go to, five, and uh, each of them deals with one aspect of Parkinson's hearing is one uh, urinary attack is another, and then there's the uh, the uh, fight, the, the actual combat between myself and Parkinson's mom. Sometimes, Joyce, I will get a Parkinson's attack of my jaw. My jaw will freeze, and I can't say anything for 15 or 20 minutes, but... I have to keep my jaw going. I have to keep keep the muscles going, and so uh, I'll start to count, or I'll start to sing. But it's always to keep those keep those muscles moving.
1: Now you mentioned that you take drugs for hallucinations. Is that connected to Parkinson's, or is that separate?
2: No, that is. That's definitely related to Parkinson's. Um, For example, uh, a lot of times when I'm working in my kitchen, I see the uh, shadows of uh, sometimes just one person, sometimes two, but never more than three. But they are always off to my left all the time, okay, or if I'm... I, I sit down to eat at a the restaurant, I also see imaginary, the bigger, just, the, just the, the shadows, but I can tell if it's a boy, if it's a man, if it's a woman.
1: Now, and Kevin, it, is, that, is that typical or is that unusual? What is that?
4: No, that, that can occur it doesn't happen with everybody. I think it just depends on, you know, because the uh, the um, degeneration of certain cells in the brain um, occur, it, it just depends on where about it's occurring with each individual. And I think uh, symptoms are going to vary, but in general, you know, there are a lot of symptoms that are the same. Um, I've seen that in a few people, but it's, it's not, it depends at which stage as well. You know, there's certainly different stages of Parkinson's. Um, so when you're really into the... Uh, um, the later stages of Parkinson's, you'll start seeing a combination of all these uh, different things happening. You know, poor balance, etc. And uh, uh, the hallucinations are one thing that can occur. It just depends, you know, at which stage that it's it's going to occur.
1: Well, all of my listeners know that I'm living with epilepsy, and fortunately for me, medication pretty much controls. Uh, my seizures, I take Lamictal, uh, and I am one of these people. I'm on a major advocacy for breaking the stigma. That's why I talk about it so much. Um, but my question to you, um, is there any connection with other neurological diseases such as Alzheimer's? Because when you were talking about the cells uh, deteriorating, I just wondered, is there any connection at all?
4: Now, you will, um, yeah, I think there is possibly, you know, in the later stages of uh, Parkinson's, you will have uh, Parkinson's dementia, and you know, just as in Alzheimer's, you have the Alzheimer's dementia. So, there are some similarities between the two, um, you know, does one lead to the other, et cetera? Uh, honestly, that I'm not sure about, uh, that would need a little bit more research, but, um you know, some of these, the, uh, the symptoms that you see in both later stages of both those diseases are, um, can be similar. Yeah.
2: Oh. <clears throat> George, I'm starting to forget some things, mm-hmm. nothing major right now, but I, I can see a, a pattern emerge, okay? You
1: know what, John, you need to, uh, did you write about this? Uh, You're such a prolific writer. Did you write about this, about Parkinson's? Oh, yes. Okay, well, you have to send me a blog so we can put it out on our website. And may I just say, John, you are the most wonderful, courageous friend that I have. I mean, here you are, still out there doing advocacy. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you are the best of the best so I'm happy to say that you are my friend that we're friends I wanted to um, ask you Kevin at your center are you seeing an increase in people with Parkinson's and if so is that just because it's becoming more prevalent is that because of age people getting older um, is that because people finally realize what it is, or is it all of the above?
4: Uh, I think it's probably a combination of all the above. Um, for me, I, I don't think, you know, personally, um, that I would have seen an increase because of my, I guess, variety of patients that I see from time to time. Um, it, it comes and goes. I, you know, I'll have, at one time, I might have five Parkinson's patients, and then Suddenly, I only have one or two. So it definitely varies, and then I have other pathologies that come in. So over my, you know, years of practice, I I don't think I've really seen an increase in my clinic, Um, but I'm not really sure what's, you know, what's out there as far as – I think we're just better at diagnosing things these days, and you'll find that with a lot of pathologies. Joyce? Yeah. You can have Parkinson's up to
2: 10 years before – You start seeing the symptoms.
1: Oh, Uh, I never knew that.
2: With me, uh, I started having trouble walking. And then uh, I started having trouble with my uh, legs shaking on me. And then uh, another symptom popped up. And then another. And it was my wife who kept pushing me, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. And so I did. And, uh, and I been uh, the type of husband who does hear what his wife has to say, um, I, I probably would have been diagnosed earlier. Now, whether it would have changed things or not, you know, I don't know, but uh, I can tell you, as I said before, Parkinson's is a disease where you deal with pain, you you deal with freezing. Freezing is when your legs and nothing else on the body moves and worries. That's a struggle. Um, and so... Um, but for me, uh, I don't know if if they had diagnosed me ten years ago. If at this stage of the game, I would be uh, where I am now, or or maybe a uh, little less. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well. Um Thank goodness your wife had you go. And I want to say one other thing. You know, when you were talking about going to the right doctor, this happens frequently with people like me living with epilepsy, and we tell them all the time, you must go to a neurologist. You cannot just go to the family doctor. You must go to a neurologist. Um, and, of course, the same thing applies here because, as you said, John, having the right doctor makes all the difference and John while I'm talking to you um, as you mentioned and we talked about you're a disability rights advocate in addition to what you're doing now Um, what do you think is the impact on employment for people who have Parkinson's and do they even realize that that is a disability
2: oh Joyce, would you repeat that?
1: Yeah, I said, uh, what impact does Parkinson's have on employment opportunities? And do people even realize that they are covered under the ADA while they're able to work?
2: Yeah, uh, I would say this, Joyce. If somebody has a job and it's discovered while they're working that they have Parkinson's, I think they would feel fairly safe as compared to somebody who had Parkinson's and was out there trying to find a job. I think it would be, especially if they exhibited some signs of Parkinson's, I think it's very, very tough for them to get a job. and one more thing, Joyce, I, I said this before, the, the, the federal government formed a, a special relationship with people with disabilities when it passed all these federal laws Their aim that are aimed at giving people with disabilities a chance to get educated, to get jobs, and, you know, all the rest if you have an administration that doesn't care about civil rights doesn't care about people with disabilities being in, in being incorporated into society it's a recipe for a disaster and or or advances for in the lives of people with disabilities who don't have that federal support stops until you get a different administration in that says that people with disabilities are people and they have rights and we're going to see that those rights are protected.
1: I agree with you. And I can't believe that we are already at the close of the show Uh, and John... And, Kevin, I so much appreciate you taking time to be my guest today.
4: Thank you so much. It was a a pleasure to be here. And, of course, I'm I'm honored that John actually uh, asked me to do this. And, uh, you know, uh, he's a good friend, and uh, it's been a pleasure to work with him. And thank you so much for um, having me on the show.
1: My pleasure. And, John, it's always great to have you on the show, always.
2: Joyce, you're one of a kind, I've always benefited from your uh, friendship, and every time I've been on your show, I've always gotten good feedback.
1: Well, that's great. Well, that's great, and you know what, we end every show with a quote, and today, there's only one person this could be from, we may each have... Our own individual Parkinson's, but we all share one thing in common hope, said Michael J. Fox. This is Joyce Bender, America's voice. Where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. I look forward to talking to you next week.
0: Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the internet leader and in talk radio, voiceamerica.com.